All right, you're listening to yet another episode of the CTO Advisor podcast, some fresh content over the next few weeks. We're going to actually get in a two-for-one in this conversation. You will see it in two separate weeks, but I get the pleasure of having it in all one podcast. This week, Ned Bellavance rejoins the podcast, Ned in the Cloud. Ned is a content creator extraordinaire. Uh, If you haven't checked out his Terraform Tuesdays on YouTube or any of his content on classes on doing automation and infrastructure as code with Terraform, you're missing out on some great learning. Ned, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot of Terraform content, but I get into some other stuff too. I'm talking about policy as code. And I guess as code is probably the the thing that I'm most focused on now is just all the different ways we can express infrastructure and traditional operations things as code. Yeah, you're reminding me to publish or republish a podcast we did. It's gone a couple of years ago with uh, uh, executive, I I think it was might have been an executive from HashiCorp that wrote a policy as code book. It was a really fascinating conversation, just the frameworks around doing policy as code and where the gaps in the technology are at today and where or yesterday <laughs> and where the industry needs to go and the advantages of policy as code. Really mm-hmm. great concepts. Yeah. So I have you on for this first episode, and we'll tease the next episode. The first episode is about uh, Min.io and Wicca.io. If you're not familiar with the two companies, we'll give an overview. But they're in a bit of a licensing spat around some open source code that Min.io published and Wicca.io is using, whether they're using it against the spirit of open source or the legal ease of the license. We'll get into that a little bit, but I think it raises some higher issues. Uh, The second episode we're going to record is we're going to talk to Ned about his AI workflow. Obviously, Ned does as cold things. (laughs) And are the chat GPTs of the world about to replace developers and network engineers and content creators? We'll, we'll get into that conversation. But first, let's talk about this Min.io, uh, Wicca.io uh, story. Mm-hmm. Ned, do you want to give an overview of what the two companies do or, you know, the, the, the issue, the, what's that issue here? Uh, sure. I, I, just as a very general, what the two companies are all about. They're both all about software-defined storage. And I know Stephen Foskett doesn't like calling it software-defined storage, but <laughs> that's what the industry has agreed on. Sorry, Stephen. Uh, so both of them provide a way for you to abstract the underlying physical storage through their software. Um, and they're both foc- MinIOs focused on a very broad sort of deployment model, and they're very focused on object-based storage. So that's their bread and butter. Weka is a little more focused on specific verticals and industries with their storage solution, but under the covers, they're also very focused on object-based storage. And the, the crux of the issue here is that MinIO distributes their software on an open source basis. They do have licenses available. You can pay for support, all that kind of good stuff. But that also means that other companies like 
Weka that are interested in developing something that uses object storage can leverage MinIO's code in an open source fashion to develop their own products. And MinIO has taken exception to the way in which uh, Weka has used it and previously how Nutanix also used their same software. And so they wrote a very pointed blog post that came out on Friday, basically calling out Weka for their use of the software. And more importantly, they wanted to revoke their license. So from a user's perspective, from a if I'm a Weka customer and I've paid Weka for software, I'm not uh, using open source directly in the sense that, you know, I went to a distro, I went to a GitHub account and I downloaded the bits from a project and I'm running MinIO as my object storage. It's a feature within uh, the Wicca product, just like Nutanix tried to use it as a feature within their uh, uh, object store product or pro uh, product. In open source, they call this copy left. Basically, the ability to take a open source project, if you use anything like Prometheus, Istio, Kubernetes, uh, and a packaged solution from a paid vendor, this is kind of the same concept. I think what, without getting into the specifics of Apache 2.0 uh, or uh, APGL 3.0 or whatever the specific license is, I think from an enterprise user perspective, from a CTO, someone's implementing Wicca IO, we kind of take for granted that all the open source components of the underlying system are covered in my licensing agreement. And I think this raises the concern back, you know, uh, a la Microsoft uh, shaking down Red Hat users and Skull going after Linux in general. Should organizations and, and engineers be worried about the open source software that's, that's, that's making up the bomb of the solutions that they consume? Well, I think we do have to focus a little bit on the different licensing types. And I'm not an open source licensing expert by any means. But I know that there are certain licenses that say, hey, you can take this software, you can use it as you see fit, you can copy left it into your proprietary software, and that's okay. Like that is fully fine. You know, it would be great from a community standpoint, if you make improvements to the software to upstream it back to where you got it from that would be very much appreciated and that's in the it's not a requirement it's not a legal requirement but it's it's part of being a good open source netizen right it is giving back and that's like the mit license and such it's it's the idea is software is free these ideas are free, uh, give back to the community. And if you, if you do that, you're overall, you're not, you know, in, you're not uh, breaking the, 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 the idea of the license. Right. So if you do, if you're leveraging that type of license, those well-known licenses, the MIT license, the Apache 2 for the most part, you can you don't have to give back, but it'd be nice if you did. And, and people have called out companies like Amazon that appear to be taking open source software 
adding some of their own secret sauce, not necessarily giving back to the community and then charging people a lot of money for it. Now, that's a debate for another day, but that's like what's been lobbed at them, right? And then there's the newer licensing that was introduced to, I don't want to say poison pill, but it kind of does. It sort of poison pills the creation of your own proprietary software using their open source. And this would be this uh, AGPL license that basically says, if you use our open source software to develop your own software, by including our software, your software now also has to be open source and be available. The source code has to be available for anyone who requests it. That's a pretty big deal if you're trying to develop something that is either proprietary and closed source or is like open core where some aspects are open source, but some of the paid portions are not. And that's a very common business model. So by introducing this new license type, it's almost a poison pill for anybody who wants to develop under it because it's like, oh no, what, what impact does that have to me as the vendor who's trying to develop my software? But does that have secondary impacts on the client who implements my software that may now also carry this license? So this also has a secondary effect, even if you're not building software to be packaged. And we need to talk about MinIO from a company culture perspective. AB has built an amazing technology, AB being the CTO, I believe, of uh, MinIO, CTO, CEO, he's a founder. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as I understand it, it, MinIO object storage is the most pervasive uh, object storage software in the world. Uh, I talked to industry insiders and they said, basically, if you see a storage software company or storage solution adopt object storage overnight, it's a hundred percent chance it's MinIO behind the covers. Right. Uh, and I've talked to AB on a podcast with, uh, on great beers and stores. And I'll see if I can find it and link it in the show notes. And I don't know if he mentioned it in the pre-chatter or during the conversation, but basically they're using this model to go after, I don't want to say go after, I'm going to say encourage customers or potential customers that they talk to, to license all of the MinIO software they, they use in the enterprise. And what these potential customers are discovering is exactly how pervasive the software is because the open source product calls back home so that MinIO gets the idea of how much of the open source uh, free version is being used specifically in a customer's environment. So, you know, kind of reminiscent of Oracle, they can say, Hey, it would be really great. If not, if you just don't, license the product, the production project you're working on, but all these other instances of MinIO running in your environment, because the open source license says that if you're using it, you need to uh, contribute back the uh, projects in which you're using it for. Right. And, you know, that's, that's, that becomes not just an interesting problem for vendors creating software, but for end users creating software too. Right. And the alternative is, so they have the AGPL license that is meant for developers, but then they have their official licensing, which is like a company like Weka could pay for. And then they wouldn't have to open source their software because they're paying for the official license licensing from MinIO. 
So the blog post basically threw down the gauntlet and said, we know you're using our software because we can see, you know, when we get Weka software and we unzip some binaries, hey, look, there's the MinIO software sitting right there. We know you're using our software. And based off of this AGPL license, you have to either open source your content or you're in violation. And because we're angry or whatever, we are revoking your AGPL license. Of course, Weka came back and said, we're not using the version of your software that has that license associated with it because before you you switched over to this new licensing regime, you hadn't been using the Apache 2 license. And we forked your software and are using the version that had the older license on it. You can't retroactively revoke our license based off a license change you made later in later versions of your code. I don't know who's right on this. And I don't think it's ever going to go to court for anyone to legally test this, but it certainly spread some FUD into the, the storage ecosystem in terms of licensing and dealing with MinIO, I think. And I think you made a really interesting post on Twitter that uh, to the effect, I don't know if this would endear me to as a Wicca customer to go and get licensing from MinIO. I don't, I don't think I'm thinking, oh, you know, as a way to protect myself, let me engage these folks. No, no, they seem, uh, I would either make one of two decisions. You know, if Wicca is something that is integral to my business today and I'm realizing true value from it, I'm going to stick it out and assume that the two of them are going to be grownups, put on their big boy pants and work it out. And I, as the customer, am going to be fine. Or if it's not integral to my business, then I'm going to dump Weka because I don't want to deal with this headache of these two companies fighting. In either case, MinIO loses. So I don't see how this is advantageous for them unless this is just a shot across the bow because they see, like you said, we're gathering telemetry data from all these other projects that are also using our software. And we want to let all those other projects know unequivocally that we will be coming for you for our licensing dues, or you have to adhere to the AGPL license. So maybe that's the grander scheme or strategy behind the post. Yeah, and I think for, I agree with you in the short term, as a customer, I'm really not worried about this. This is, you know, noise and they need to go work this up behind. I don't think either company is large enough to sue one another or go after individual companies at this point. And this is, I think, where I want to wrap up the conversation sure. kind of as advice, because we're not just a news piece. This is not legal advice. We're not lawyers. <laughs> uh, we're not open source licensing experts, as we mentioned. But we do know enough about enterprise software procurement to make some recommendations from a just hygiene perspective. Make sure you have an indemnification clause in your uh, software agreements and your software licensing. The default software licensing as of the right of as of this podcast for Wicca IO excludes open source software uh, in indemnification. So if some, in theory, if a larger company were to purchase MinIO and want to aggressively pursue uh, either Wicca or other companies, uh, other vendors uh, packaging MinIO or even customers, and they just have deep pockets, and part of the strategy is to extract SCO like type licensing fees, that's a risk. 
I don't know how realistic that risk is, but it's a risk you should consider. And I think it's a rather simple modification in an agreement. Wicca is not that big of a company. They're not going to give up a huge sale off of uh, uh, from indemnification. So make that simple uh, uh, hygiene stuff. <laughs> Any recommendations you want to make, Ned? I just want to echo what you're saying. Neither of these companies are particularly huge. I looked it up. Uh, MinIO is in Series B funding with about $126 million in funding. It's not a lot. And Weka is actually uh, bigger in terms of funding. They're in Series D with about uh, double the funding amount, more than double the funding amount. So we're not talking about real big fishes in the pond here. I don't think MinIO has the legal pockets or depth of pockets to wage any kind of legal war. So I think this is more noise than it is actual threat, more bark than bite. All right, Ned. So for those that want to follow your, I'm going to say pervasive content, because you create a lot of content. We didn't even talk about your work over at our friends, the packet pushers, your, your uh, podcast with, uh, the packet pushers network let's let's plug some stuff uh sure i mean the best place to find everything is just go to my website it's nedinthecloud.com pretty pretty easy to remember and uh, if you want to reach out directly to me i'm still using twitter so you can find me it's ned1313 i'm right there on twitter so you can ping me there and my dms are open i'd love to hear from you all right ned stay tuned let's uh record a second podcast uh this if you're listening to this, uh, the week of uh, March 26th, which is a couple of days after we recorded the episode, uh, a couple of weeks after that, we'll publish yet another uh, uh, episode talking about AI on AI workflows. If you want to learn more about the CTO Advisor, you can follow us on the web, thectoadvisor.com. I'm also still using the bird site. <laughs> and I'm at CTO Advisor. DMs are open.